I respect my roots, and yet my hair is magically blonde. I'm not gonna take it to my grave because I'd get sick and get cancer. Wait, wait, there's more. If I didn't express this, that's how bad it is. To have these kinds of things go on and not express them, I'll get sick and die. No, terrible, terrible. <laughs> I feel like this is like the one upsman of like length. You know I love myself a talker. I love a chatty Kathy. So I guess that should <laughs> apply to taglines. And the introduction of cancer from a non-astrological point is a fascinating one. A fascinating take. Uh, listen, if uh, whatever, <laughs> apparently we can just say whatever we want these days and it's totally fine. Well, I mean, if that's not the theme slogan of Andy's Girls, I don't know what is. You guys, it's episode 350. A Holy. big, I know. Ooh, keep going, keep going. I forgot I'm, okay. I'm dressing for this occasion. We're good, we're good. Oh. Keep going. <laughs> okay, Jesus. I <laughs> taking off his clothing. Oh my God, a big occasion of. <laughs> Yes, James is shirtless. I'm putting, I would put this on Instagram if I didn't look like shit. Oh, he's putting on merch. <gasps> James I forget, LaRosa. 350, I had to, I had to oh put on my Oh my God, girls. you look hot. And I, you guys, I created a t-shirt that was like, there, we do have a merch store, which you can find linked in um, Instagram, but, um, uh, and it's an OG. It's from the previous <laughs> kind of design but um I also did this like friends and family style shirt for guests and you are wearing it and you Thanks. look spectacular it's my 350 spectacular shirt absolutely go throw you some cash as much as we can get that merch and by the way is there I I really think 350 was a per mm. you really timed it perfectly because we are celebrating the end of the Fox Force 5. Oh Finally! Happy 350, everyone. Happy 350 feels like 420. I do find <laughs> myself riding a little bit of a high, but I need to formally introduce do we? the Again. guest. <laughs> I was here before. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, intro him as best I can. You know, someone who knows themselves, being a little bit of a writer, producer, director, creator, showrunner, <laughs> aspiring Real Housewife, close personal fan of Lisa Rinna, which we will surely get to. One of every his favorite housewives. I love when I do that. I love time. every time. And every time I'm like, ooh. And doesn't it apply to this conversation? You guys, a lot going on. James LaRosa, welcome back to HQ. Thank you very much. I'm not sure what number appearances is of mine. I, I do know the first one, it was number 68 and I remember that because I was very disappointed we were off by one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so that would have been 67 oh 2018 oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we were introduced by your publicist oh and can't let oh drink every time you hear the word publicist in this episode I mean, want to get your thoughts on <laughs> a couple moments that were and were not aired mm -hmm. on the finale that we watched on TV and online. Couple different experiences, depending on which 
part of the country and world you were watching the finale episode, but we'll get to it. But we just kind of, it was kind of honestly a little bit of like love at first sight, I have to say. Absolutely. It was a very calculated um uh what do you call when the you you you're an arranged marriage mm. in the beginning yes. and now we've fallen in love yes um and and i don't know if i'm an aspiring housewife anymore i think especially with the how long this beverly hills season has felt i think i'm now an official i think i'm now an official housewife well, I have to say, listen, you're not only, what is the hair club for men? I'm not just. Uh, Why are you asking president. me? Wow. Wow. No, it was like, I drag me. Just, like, I'm, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Like, I'm not just the president. I'm also like a customer. I forget. I'm what also it was. a member. Like, that's what it was. Didn't sound, it doesn't sound as good now as I, what I remember when that happened, I was like, wow, genius marketing. Yeah. But, um, so you're not just an astounding, fabulous guest co-host. You yourself are also an AG. I wonder, do you have like a list of grievances? Is there anything that you want to bring to the table from 350 that I have said that you're like, shut the fuck up? Or have we already discussed that in voice notes in the last four and a half years. I will say this, um, what I appreciate the most about this particular podcast is no matter what the other person may say, you're mm. always there for a perfect counterbalance, <laughs> giving your opinion and speaking most often for the audience. And when people remember that, that's a very good thing. You know, it is always fascinating to see the ways that people react to housewives and also communicate housewives. It's one of those, it's one of those kind of, I would say like hallmarks of AG, but how is that different from anything else? It's like the question on Passover, like how is this night different from whatever and which kid are you? But like, shout out my Hebrews. But um, with AG, I mean, of course, in any conversation, there is the hope that there is, some sort of actual discussion going on that's not just two people parroting each other. And what I've found to be so interesting about Andy's Girls is that you really truly have no idea what another person is thinking until sometimes 35 minutes into the episode. And there will be some sort of bomb or surprise. The number of people who've told me, XYZ is their favorite housewife and I'm like today in these times <laughs> or you know they hate so and so whatever it is I mean um uh, certainly my views and opinions um and interests have evolved and changed since the first episode of Andy's Girls and what is continually exciting is that because I have guest co-hosts people who return who I'm so thankful and fortunate like yourself who return to AG and we you know pick up the dance and go in different directions and talk about our evolving thoughts and feels but also people who I I don't know what they're thinking and that makes the pod to me really exciting because when you do a very very deep dive and you have no idea of another person's reaction and its stream of consciousness, that can be really scary and also really exciting. Well, but that's the whole point of conversation, right? Like, otherwise you'd script this entire thing, but you get somebody on, you get their point of view, they represent a different sort of 
subculture and you have the, what I love about the podcast and I listen, as soon as it drops, I listen. (laughs) Shut up. But no, but that's actually true. That's actually true. (laughs) Um, It's, it's great because uh, I, no matter what the other person says, and it's been a great way to be introduced to other people. Like there's other people now I listen to and check out because they've been on the podcast, but uh, oftentimes what <laughs> what I hear the most sometimes when someone says something and I hear like I hear like the little inhale or the little like oh I could I could see she's disagreeing she's letting that person finish she's and then I so it's great to uh it's great to have the conversation like you say it's there's a psychology element of like what these women's lives are like and how they kind of intersect with ours and what they mean and yada yada so you're going to get differences of opinions but i like i definitely feel like it's it's there's 350 episodes for a reason let's just say that well thank you and i also have to thank all of the ags for being a part of the ride and you know i always hear such amazing feedback whenever you guest on the pod and you know i adore you personally and professionally through this podcast and i just want to shout out before we do a very deep dive into what the fuck has happened in beverly hills and also salt lake i just want to thank all the ags who are as we lovingly call them ogs of the ag who have been supporters since day one if you guys guys don't like the audio now you should bear witness to the first I don't know 150 or so apps and people who are new to the podcast people who are just kind of checking it out and seeing what's up um thank you and welcome I think it's we've created such an incredible community of people many of whom have in very very different opinions about these episodes Episodes of Housewives, the construct of Housewives, the future of Bravo, outside influences, looking inside out. There is all every day I am surprised and inspired by messages and feedback that I get. And so before we do get into what the fuck has happened. I just want to thank all of you for listening. 350, a big app. We're just going to say that over and over again, a big app. So guys, listen, before we jump into BH, just a little heads up that the audio might sound a little different right now. And that's because we just had some technical <laughs> difficulties. And you know what? No, no better time than on a big number. This has happened for every big, this is a tradition here at Andy's <laughs> Girls HQ. I'm not even kidding. For every big number, Laura um, Shane Hulse was on episode, I want to say, 200 and the file was corrupted which it was fine until it was exported then it was corrupted i think i had to re-edit or something so nobody could hear it uh um andy scrolls live the first one we had a recorder a backup and then a safety none of them were they all fucked the recording the only reason that people were able to listen was because friend of the pod ryan houlihan recorded the entire thing on their iphone and i was oh my gosh (laughs) a video recording shout out to ryan my friend prisca and a friend of damien's who helped us do the best we could with cleaning the audio because it was an absolute nightmare and there was something else i feel like there was something else that recently happened that was like 
like on a big episode that something took place. I don't remember what, but it is a tradition here at Andy's Girls that on a big episode day, something goes awry with tech. And do you know what so, else I love about this podcast is yeah, tell me. you're not throwing me under the bus, which you would have every right to do <laughs> because it was all my fault. However, however, I am going to make up for it. Uh, I'm not sure how. <laughs> I've already, I've already given you my um, amazing tagline, which couldn't possibly yes. be offensive. And oh I'm God. already in my tuxedo. I don't know what else I can yes. do, but something's going to happen. Something and well, it's going to be great. Listen, the way you can make it up for me, not that you have to at all, is for us to discuss what the fuck is going on in Beverly Hills. Noting, guys, we're recording this Friday night. We have the finale episode that aired on Wednesday, a question mark <laughs> attached to that that I aired on social media yesterday, that I posted on social media yesterday, and the reunion trailer that came out last night after business hours, but technically still a day. <laughs> so I guess they did meet that deadline of Thursday that Andy posted earlier on Twitter, um, also known as tweeted. I believe mm. is what the kids call it. Uh, so there's a, a lot for us to discuss. Um, you know, I think we should just kind of dive in. Did you watch the finale of Beverly Hills live as it happened on Wednesday in L.A. where you are currently based? 100%. And I will say I, in my memory is not so great. However... I well, am, right place. well, I am prepared. You could debunk what I'm about to say, but I am prepared to say that that was the best season finale Beverly Hills has had since season one. That's, you're looking at me, give me, give me, give me another one that was better. And I'm not saying that doesn't exist, but I thought that was a phenomenal finale on a franchise where sometimes the last episode can be a burn off. Uh, I, it's like, I know you're wrong, but I can't. <laughs> I can't I can't necessarily fact check you with a specific finale because that's not how I think of Housewives. I'm very bad at like things that happen season X and Y. I don't remember the numbers and I'm not great with remembering finales of any franchise include. I remember seasons as a whole, but not numbers and not I, I think the, episodes necessarily. I think a tell and this is opinion. Um, okay. I think a tell is normally when I come on here, I feel like a total grumpel Stillskins who is just like, I don't <laughs> like anything. And I haven't done that. And uh, I was very excited to do this episode with you because I think there's much to discuss. And I think part of the reason why I loved it so much, and I sort of glibly said at the top, if the audio still exists and I didn't ruin it, that it was the end of the Fox Force 5. And to actually watch... Like, so they had the previously on, right? And like, you know, mm -hmm. this season on, you know, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Now, I think we probably, the popular opinion is that this season was actually like completely exhausting, draining, never ending. Oh my God, this is horrible. It's only really starting in Aspen, yada, yada. But mm -hmm. as they were saying the previously ons, I was really sort of surprised when I was like, it has been like an un like a terrible season and I wouldn't watch it again. But there were so many moments like this happened, that happened. And I'm sorry, I didn't have a gun put to my head. And you don't have to, you know, I don't have to embarrass you. You can do it yourself. Like all these things. Mm -hmm. And I was like a lot. There was a lot of like moments. And I was surprised by that. The season still really for me was so kind of bad. But I think that's what led to the 
the finale being so amazing to me because I was just watching all season this like inert, like glacial, like union. I don't even, I wouldn't even call it a friendship, but it's sort of like a union of these women who could not break ranks. And it was just, everything was just painful. It was the bullying and the beating up of Sutton, whether or not she deserved it. It was all the, it was just a lot of stuff. And so the finale, to see that actually kind of crack down the middle, I was like, mm-hmm. this is really satisfying. I thought the way it was edited felt very um, scripted, but I don't mean that in a bad way. I think the way, like it was definitely the the villain edit on Lisa Rinna, for sure, and on Erica, but specifically Lisa. Every time there was like, who would be wanting to do that? They would always cut to like Lisa with like the gloves and the gloves. Like they were really like setting her up as like the the villainess of the episode and the the scene where they're, I mean, I don't want to like bullet the episode because we'll be talking about it, but just like one conversation's happening over here while the two women are watching it happen from over there. And I think they're talking like there was so much about the way that it was sewn together that I just thought this actually feels like relevant there it feels like there's stakes it feels like what's going on isn't fabricated it actually feels it didn't feel like they met beforehand and said listen i'm gonna maybe come for your publicist a little bit in this scene like it felt like oh you thought you could kind of dick with my family a little bit and now this is what's going to create i don't think it's like they're never going to speak to each other again but i definitely feel like it's the start of something that you can't really it's not going to be easy for them to kind of uh gloss over it or paint over it or whatever in another season if god forbid my favorite housewife returns (laughs) but she like gave andy her she's like put me on pause in the trailer and i'm just like she gave andy his star in the walk of fame sadly i don't think she's going anywhere but anyway it just felt like a really really satisfying episode as it went on it became a whodunit so i'm i'm gonna say after season one this one here uh really had me I mean, listen, so many great points made. The idea of relevancy is really interesting, as is truth, because there's like a scripting in terms of tightening that I felt was um, impactful with the finale, where I really felt like, ooh, there's like stakes here. Things are happening. It feels like it's going really fast. It did feel like a game of Clue. You know, I very, very rarely watch housewives episodes live it gives me anxiety but last week I watched Salt Lake and Beverly Hills live and this week I was like gotta do it and the experience of watching it live was impactful for a couple reasons which I'm sure we'll get to but for me it was incredibly beneficial to be able to take the ride and not know what was going to happen I'm, I'm no longer watching the sneak peeks that Bravo releases really trying to like keep to keeping an open mind on this might actually feel fun to watch. And that to me is exactly what happened. I felt invigorated by the energy of it. And it did also feel like Rinna and Erica were the genuine villains who were helped in some ways, I would argue by like Dorit, who seemed uncomfortable with the shift in energy that was taking place. I don't know what camp I would put Kyle in on that, but there was movement here where it felt like, okay, finally, the majority of the cast minus Kathy, which I think was actually, you know, 
kind of helpful that she wasn't there because we could really focus on the behavior of Rinna and Erica and Kyle and, and Kyle. everyone else. Um, but I just felt like the dynamics were so clear as were the reasons and intentions and provocations that were made by people in the cast. It was very clear. I appreciated how clear people were with what they said, what they did and what they said. And clear, not even, yes, clearness in a way that, okay, what they're saying makes sense. But also when it was crazy, it was clearly crazy. That fucking weird scene. What I wanted to do also for this was script the Erica, Lisa back and forth. I didn't see. Well, did, why, wouldn't have been, why wouldn't that have been in the press? Yes, why wouldn't that have been in the press? I didn't sit in the press. Did you sit in the press? It was so ludicrous. And I was going to see if maybe you and I could tennis that we one out. We should have done it was, that. It was you so, play tennis. It was so bananas. Right. But, but, but to your point, everything was really clear. That was clearly like they're clearly doing like the guilt and the like it was in the collusion was so blatant that it wasn't even like oh, you're trying to like push some weird thing on. Like we could see you're floundering and it is very honest floundering, which was great I to mean, see. I mean, listen, watching the episode, putting it on IG, my reactions on IG stories as I watched and from the jump, from the night, maybe prior to that, but the night of the event, Erica seemed off and mm -hmm. there was ways that she was not reacting to things, not even the reveal that it was her publicist whose name Kyle was told of the person behind these leaks to the press and trying to pitch stories that were published or buried. But there was something about her energy that felt very clenched. And like Erica is spiritually clenched in, in, in ways. I was going to say, she, how would you notice? Yeah. It, what, that's what was so odd to me is I literally watched her and I was like, I talked about this on a Patreon episode, but um, there was something about her that reminded me of those moments. We've all had them where, you know, your parent is asking you why you didn't get your homework done in time or failed a test or your boss is asking you the deadline of that thing that you were supposed to do that you didn't or a friend is like did you talk shit about me or whatever and I don't know that I don't think I'm the only one that does this but when I feel like something is happening and I know I'm responsible or I don't want to get caught I notice how I swallow I am very keenly aware of my neck in those moments and it is the number one thing that and everybody's different but it, to me it's the number one indicator that I am nervous and like maybe a little scur of what's about to take place I feel like if I swallow the hundred feet around me is going to hear that sound so I stop and I was watching Erica in those scenes leading up to the publicist reveal and then after and I was like her neck is immobile there is something here that's happening that you cannot attribute to Botox or glam <laughs> she didn't glam her neck <laughs> that thing that many of us do you know like there's the idea of grounding your body and then there's the idea of preparing yourself for a specific attack you know you're gonna get because you know someone did something wrong and the way that she like you know, there's the idea of stabilizing your body and yourself. And then what Erica did, which was knowing the kill was about to come. Like the way that she reacted, everyone's focused on the, uh, I didn't know that. Or like whatever her response was and the immediate. She wouldn't know how to do that. 
I mean, <laughs> but there was like the idea of the immediate response and like the lack of whatever going on in her face and her being, as Garcelle said after, like, you know, if somebody told me that my team had like fucked up, I would have right. questions about that. She didn't do any of that. And I get that people are focused on her voice right after. But for me, it was like all up in the neck. Well, and this is, I think, a, pr- a proponent for you watching these live because I was really following your stories and your obsession. I told you not to. No, 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 after, 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 after. Well, I had to go back after and be like, what was the, what, I mean? what was the Instagram comments? And I was very, <laughs> and I was enjoying very much, look at her neck, her neck, <laughs> look at her neck. And I was like, it was, so now I'm like, you've given that to the world. So I think if you watch these mm, live now, gift. and also it's helpful because these episodes haven't been I understand why watching them after the fact, particularly this franchise this season, watching them after the fact is almost necessary because something is going on that is going to trigger and not even like, oh, you know, you're too sensitive. Like there's so much like kind of unchecked grossness going on this Mm -hmm. season. So I don't blame you for like, but these episodes in Aspen and this episode uh, this finale didn't have that, so you could watch and not go. I'm super. I mean, unless you're like, unless you were triggered by like, like perv butlers, which I'm sorry, that one butler. I could be a good friend. I'm a good massage oh my with God, my hand. I loved him. I'm sorry if you're old. Patrick. And, I'm I'm gay, and I'm about to say if you're old and gay, you can get away with being like, I'll give you a good hand massage. Like, and it's all like, <laughs> well, he's so charming, and I'm like, I can't with the. It was it was a lot, but unless that tri- it doesn't trigger me. But if that tri- I mean, then maybe last this last episode gave you a little something extra. But in general, this was one to watch live for sure for the clue element and for the network alone. So, what was your thought when Kyle? Were you shocked that Kyle actually said what she had been told? We've you you talk about top fives and who's in your top five. So I'll say two things about that. One, Kyle has sort of stealth always been in my top five, maybe not from day one, but for a long time. And she's mm-hmm. just dropped out. Seeing her have conversations with Garcelle, the first conversation she was having with her in this episode, I thought, this feels good to me. I like this for her. I like her having a... Because to me, they're very similar in... There's a kind of groundedness to... I'm sure neither one of them really is like fully grounded, but there's a groundedness and sort of like a a real sort of talk. The, the two of them, I felt like these two probably are friends or could be friends. And, and I was like, I like this. And the more they talk to each other during the episode, I was like, I like this more and more. So when Kyle actually spoke up, I think that I think the finale was a very good episode for her. And I think it was mm. necessary. So I could see how she might, you know, work her way into back into a top five the other thing i will say is that garcelle right now is my full top five like across all when you say i like this person this person this person right now garcelle is just one through five for me um but uh but but for kyle i was thrilled when she spoke up clearly it takes something big for her to do it and i don't know if it's love that lets her do Mm -hmm. it or if it's fear and I think that if I think the fact that she was like afraid of what this would do with Kathy was enough to motivate her I think she was watching watching Lisa Rinna even saying her name (laughs) watching her like that moment where Kyle was like I'd rather just not talk about it and Lisa's like well 
you know, but you can't just ignore it. You could see in that moment, Kyle looking at her like, you're really going to do this. Like, you're really going to, regardless of what I'm telling you this is doing to me right now and could do to my family, you're going to continue, like, playing this part on this television show. Like, that, now I feel like Kyle has sort of snapped to it a little bit, and I was, I felt like there was a spine, so I was good with that. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa, obvs. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 
10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic non-stick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francaise. Head over to homethreads.com today and live your best real housewives life. Go to homethreads.com slash scrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's homethreads.com slash scrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. I felt like there was a spine at the final finale event, but I didn't necessarily see Kyle have one at Garcelle's. Like when she on it, if we're- No, that was the beginning. That was the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Like if we're going to be like 100% keeping it real, Mm -hmm. when Kyle got up from the group conversation and walked into the kitchen and Rinna followed, to me, that felt very performative. I was like, she's not walking away because it's too much. There was something about it where I was like, she's walking away so there can be a solo moment with her being solo and then look who joins her Lisa Rinna. I didn't take it that way. I took it halfway there. I thought Kyle legitimately left because she was sort of a, uh, a bit of a wuss and had to be out of the scene. I think okay. Lisa, I thought Lisa following felt what you're talking about. I think she mm. went in there because she wanted to continue having a, a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills moment. I didn't think that was real. Um, and so as it continued and Lisa was sort of doing her performative thing, I thought that was that helped contribute to Kyle's moment later because Kyle was just watching Lisa, like, be unrelenting. What I found very helpful about Kyle's behavior over the course of the finale is we saw her defend her sister or hold the Fox Force, her fellow um, cohorts in that, accountable in the moment instead of in confessionals. Because what we have seen her do is side with Rinna, be silent with Rinna, agree with Rinna. When Rinna's doing the whole, I'm just here to support you, I love you so much, blah, 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 sister stuff. She has stayed very, very quiet, and it seems like keeping Kyle in a positive light has involved pushback, regardless of how she feels, and it being filmed after, maybe her knowing more, whatever. Those confessional moments where she is disagreeing with Rinna, but not doing so to her face or talking about the importance of her relationship with Kathy and what's at risk, but not doing that to Rinna's face or Kathy's until maybe even after the fact, like the scene in last week's episode where she didn't want them to disagree, but she didn't actually even communicate that until the biggest points had passed. She kind of left Kathy out there to take on what was coming Mm -hmm. and what I found so helpful about the finale is I was like in the moment Kyle is saying I'm not going to let you get away with it I actually disagree with you on this and I have something I want you to know and when I think about the future I think Lisa is entrenched because of whatever relationship Andy has with her however the one person in the Beverly Hills cast, no matter who I am, that I don't want to get on the bad side of is Kyle. Because I think however close Andy is mm. with Lisa, Andy's closer to Kyle. 
And if Kyle's going to have some real actual legitimate issue with Lisa, that's the only thing I feel like could like shake her from the tree. Well, I think Rinna has a lot of sway in terms of like being why being a clown which is not everybody <laughs> but like genuinely I'll accept like that. I'll accept you know, it. Uh, Bozo made a pretty good career like you she is necessary <laughs> in in some ways in past seasons because who else is gonna you know make a wine glass into a shiv who else is gonna munchausen who else is gonna say your sister's about to die who else is going to have these moments that are <laughs> when you like line them up abs- abjectly horrible but have also created iconic episodes iconic trips iconic scenes she is a villain for a reason but kyle is the foundation of the franchise so i think they're they're valued in different ways not everyone you know it's like the Rinna is spiritual depends. Not everyone is going to put on the diaper for a check. And Rinna happily, and God bless her, as would I, will shit for a dollar. And <laughs> I I respect, it's the, it's the thing I respect about her the most is the fact that wow. she will do anything. <laughs> wow. She has She has no moral standard, which is why it's so fascinating to see her run a platform based in, on how dare you do that that behavior is abjectly horrible i'm going to pray for you which she said multiple times yeah and why aren't we yelling at this woman more when you think of the way that rinna herself has behaved on housewives isn't that but isn't that the current debate in the country and how people kind of weasel their way it's the whole i'm going to accuse you of the thing i do like all the thing any anytime you want to know what behavior Rin is up to just see what she's accusing someone else of. So I mean that's a great point. Yeah. Look at what how she acted with Garcelle. Garcelle saying if you are if you love Kyle like a sister, you're gonna let her other sister go. No, it, Kathy Hilton. It's not like if Kathy Hilton, if her attorneys had only sent cease and desist and that was it, I would say, you know, Rinna, let's talk a little more. I would get it. But that's not what happened. Kathy showed up to a scene where she knew she was going to have to sit through some shit, grovel, deal with Rinna being a gleeful, happy as a clam, whatever, mm-hmm. loving her, living her best life. And Kathy was going to need to apologize and take it. She did that. She said, I fucked up. I was wrong. When Rinna went with the black heart and everything else, Kathy put up her boundary and was done. Went outside to pick a couple more flowers from Kyle's garden to bring back to Patrick the butler as thanks. Like <laughs> she was, she was done. She had nothing more in her to give. And what is so interesting to me is like Rinna uses that almost as another character flaw while trying to distract us from the cat fact that Kathy already said, I'm sorry, what more do you want to do? Like when Garcelle is saying she already apologized, what do you want from her? And Rinna says, I, I don't want anything, but why are you so mad? You know, you can call it a microaggression. You can call it manipulative. Manipulative is a good word. Manipulative is a good word because there isn't an answer there. There is nothing that Kathy could give Rinna that she would accept because Rinna was made to feel uncomfortable and Rinna 
was the dog who was given a bone. And if there is something we know about Lisa Rinna, she will never let the mouse go. That is not what she's known for unless it is her own wrongs. And this is, we've been like building to this. And that's why I thought Sutton was really important. Um, Garcelle was really important. And fucking Kaya was really important because they all essentially said to Lisa, defend your sister now, your sister being Kyle. If you love me, forget Kathy. You need to forget your hatred of Kathy and focus on love. And Rinna is saying, I'm going to pray for her. I want her to do better, but I want everyone to know that she is bad and I will never stop and letting it go. She will... She will never let it go. It will but never happen. don't you think, and the reason why, I know you say, like, she'll shit for a dollar, and isn't that wonderful, and she's, like, iconic. As would yada, I. Yada. I'm, poop, I'm mid-poop I've right already, now. Slide into my Venmo. I've already clipped that audio out for the promotion for this episode. <laughs> I will shit for a dollar. Great. <laughs> episode three. But the fact is, I think people are burnt out on her now, because even though people are like, that's iconic and yada, everything that she's saying is actually so un... It's not even, like... Can you believe she said it? But it's so contradictory that it doesn't even, it seems like children's nonsense now where she's the whole, like, you have to own it, but she doesn't own it. And then she like, doesn't like go this pasta sauce for a hundred years. And then you find out the pasta sauce wasn't even an issue because Harry never had an issue with it. So it's just like, and the things that she says, like I'm sensing an attitude and I, the things that she says now feel, it feels like verbal diarrhea. It doesn't actually, (laughs) I guess, diarrhea flows, but this is what this episode between the depends and the diarrhea flow. And this is. Right. All welcome. Welcome. But basically, I think that people are burnt out on her now. And I'm happy to see it because I was burnt out on her years ago, uh, mm-hmm. is that what she says is not. And I guess I'll, I won't generalize. I'll speak for myself. Not entertaining um, and it kind of boring and doesn't push things forward. And in fact, just feels shrewish. And I'm more interested in what other things are going on. And I find that people who say, oh, but what would the show be without them? And I go, how would we know? Because they're they're sucking up so much oxygen out of the room that you're not giving other people a chance. Like, I think without somebody with so much nonsense like LR, um, you would see someone like Crystal becoming a much more... I think Crystal's got a great personality. And I think that uh, she would have more room to sort of flex. Um, and I think you'd have other issues that Kyle would come that have it, you, that she would have. You'd have other things come up with Garcelle. I think you'd or someone new coming onto the show. I can I can I would like to see what the show is like without Lisa. I don't think she's so necessary just because she'll shit for a dollar. Because I you know apparently I can get you to do it and it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty cents. I'm on yeah. discount. <laughs> That's um, a deal. With Erica though, there is then the argument that she said repeatedly which is people have been mad at me for a year and a half or two years now it's Kathy's turn there is this equivalency comparison that she's been trying to make that uh which we also see by the way in the trailer for the reunion which we will discuss but um here on Patreon but um there is the comparison not only to I have been made to feel bad by other people focusing on my uh, dark moments, so it's Kathy's turn, and also this is the same thing. And what's your reaction to that? It's the it's 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 the it's the Lisa Rinna school of arguing. 
Like, it's just you're going to say whatever you have to say um, to. But to me, what's interesting, the difference between Erica and Lisa, a difference to me. And I think they get along in a very mercenary kind of way. I think that they sort of like fan the flames of each other's sort of baser instincts. And so it's kind of gleeful to see the other person like that whole like. There was something that happened at the beginning of the season and the way Lisa said something where it was like, or it could have been Erica, my God, they're merging to the same person, but it's just like, mm. they fuck with the wrong bitch. <laughs> and it's like, like there's the thrill of like that kind of vibe. Um, but a difference between Lisa and Erica, I feel like, it, you know, and I don't really know either of them, which is why it's so much fun to talk about them. But uh, I think that Erica her psychology and the position that she's coming from she believes everything that she's saying and she's steadfast in how she's defending herself meaning your face is like I'm what? A face. meaning meaning like when she says uh, uh, she has a position where she's kind of a, where she's like a victim everyone's coming for her she doesn't necessarily see where she might fall in the non-empathy non-support all those sort like she's She's coming from kind of a place that everyone seemingly is like, oh my God, if you would just show an ounce of compassion over here, that would go a lot. Like there is a way that Erica could have gotten through this whole thing, been facing the same legal issues, but had the audience more on her side. Because clearly her her husband, ex-husband, whatever, was a liar of the highest order. And you could argue that you've completely deceived your wife and you, you could be relatable and show compa- all that sort of stuff. But I think that how Erica is moving forward isn't sort of like a tricky long game. I think she fully believes her place in this and acts that way. Whereas I feel like Lisa doesn't necessarily believe what she's saying, but she says it because it is going to either be provocative or will try and detour her out of a situation or set someone else up for something she thinks might be entertaining or might make her look a certain way. Like, I think Lisa is uh, the phony version. And I'm not saying either of their behavior is good. I'm Mm -hmm. saying I think Lisa's behavior is more calculated, even though Erica is, I think, um, looked at as being the calculated one. Do you think that the leaks were done to take the heat off of Erica, as Garcelle and and Kyle suggested? Uh, it didn't hurt. Um, but were we really talking so? I mean, all we were talking about was the earrings. I think I think there is a destructive urge amongst perhaps perhaps the two who were given the villain edit in the episode. I think there is a destructive urge that. You know, Kathy was, is, was, you know, a fan favorite. And this was an opportunity to, you know, oh my God, this woman had a meltdown. The the part about that that's frustrating, which everyone said a million times, is that it was not on camera, which to me makes the whole thing kind of moot. Like I find this, even though Aspen has been wonderful and the finale was so great, the fact that nothing that happened with Kathy was on camera is kind of a wet fart to me. Like mm-hmm. when you're when you're writing... I wouldn't be able to get away with that. Like, that's my job is to script. And if I did this, they would say no. Because there's the whole cliched adage of show, don't tell. And this whole storyline has been tell, tell, tell. And so it's it's been sort of disappointing. I'm not saying anyone is like, 
I don't want to use like big, strong words. Like I'm not going to like put someone in a box of the kind of person I think they are. But I do think that there is a um, destructive quality, particularly to Lisa. I just get that vibe that she'd be willing to just cause chaos and, and take enjoyment from it. I think I think Erica can enjoy the 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 chaos. I don't know that she necessarily is like and watch me cause some. I I kind of attribute that more to Lisa. Um, I I the looks I'm, I love it. I'm giving face. By the way, I'm going to reiterate yeah. and say all of their behavior horrible. Yeah, I'm not no, saying no. like Understood. yeah yeah. yeah. The, there's, we got it. We just got because it. you believe that you're correct doesn't mean your behavior in response to that is anything other than horrible. A hundred percent. And if we're going to think about drama, I think that like Rinna produces it or Rinna produces chaos. And I think that Erica is chaos because I think that her behavior, (laughs) her behavior in Aspen, Uh it is one of those things where like when you say it's to take the heat off Erica and by you, I mean, you know, the people in the show. Right. I'm thinking, okay, got it. But then I remember the specific scene of her saying the drunken explosion, that moment that so many of us focused on for fucking years at this point and saying, I don't give a shit about anyone or I don't give a fuck about anyone, you know. But didn't that feel genuine? Yes, that's why I'm saying that like with Erica, it is pure, which you could argue is worse. Rinna is making a choice and relishing in it. And maybe at this point she can't stop. She's so caught up in it. Erica is it. Well, so that's a really interesting kind of dichotomy thing to put against each other, which is which is worse when you're doing something wrong because you are just someone who does something wrong or you're doing it wrong knowing that you're doing wrong and you're actively like which one is I mean, you can neither is great, but, you know, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting and the fact that they are so closely bonded and Lisa was really up her ass in the very beginning. Remember, she's like on the boat where she was like, you know, on her hands and knees, like loving Erica's video. Mm-hmm. Uh, pain, it's it's painkiller, right? Is that the video that she kind of came onto the show with? I forget whatever it was. And yeah. it was like, and some people and like Bethany was like, oh, she dances like what have you. And Lisa's like, yeah, like Lisa was loving that vibe and has been sort of like with her the whole I, there's something about their personalities that uh, they just click and you could see them as flotsam and jetsam in that scene where it was like i don't remember this being in the do, do you remember i don't, and even kyle was laughing it was like you guys are really giving me a lot right now i mean because it was comical villainry the way that they were playing off each other they were doing their own beautiful symphony from absolute hell in the way that they were like Je- it was giving ragtime beautiful music like they were truly it's giving Chicago. having a moment they were yeah. having they were giving razzle dazzle they were having <laughs> their moment of just playing off each other where they're essentially just like connected at this point which is so bad but also so good in terms of like well I guess they're both going down with this not not I don't mean like as far as future casting or anything but just the fact that like when one is involved the other is not far behind and that's why I think again I'm not going to try and convince you this episode is better than some other episode because God knows what Brandy did at the end of some season but the fact there was so much fan like if you were complaining 
about the unbreakable fox whatever force hoo ha hoo If you were complaining about that, if you were like, oh, Lisa's just annoying me and she's getting away with too much. Erica, no one's saying the thing that, that we all want to say to her. That finale, I felt like was giving so much fan serve. Like it was just like everyone, mm-hmm. it was giving, it was kind of, or Garcelle, she was able to read every single person. She was saying exactly what the audience wanted them to say. You had Sutton going in there, right? Guy, ah, like, which one of you, did any of you do that? Like everything was happening that people have been clamoring for all season. And seeing Erica and Lisa kind of like, uh, kind of like doing this like Velma and, and Roxy like duet, you know, situation was just it, it. It was it was satisfying. It was satisfying. It felt like a. It felt like the BH finale was in many ways the fans' version of Valentine's Day. It did feel <laughs> like a little bit of a love letter to us after everything that yeah. we have endured this season. And it also brings up a question. I can't stop thinking about that moment with Dorit and Kyle where like this thing happens and Dorit's, I forget what the actual line was that, uh, God, oh, Dorit said to Kyle, you should have never brought this up, which to me was so important to hear because it was, again, the theme of the finale so clear we're talking about who is a better sister who's a better friend but also who is a better support and the reason to me that Kyle loves the Fox Force thinks of Lisa as her sister is because sure they have a friendship and a trust but they also have a support and what Kyle did in that moment was to crack the foundation of support that they have all gotten very used to and Dorit was not a fan of that a certain kind of support because Lisa is mm-hmm. not going to come for Kyle's sister seeing that upsets Kyle and think that she's doing her any favors it's it's a professional show support that'll keep certain things under wraps now I don't want to get off the subject of anything that you want to stay on the mention of Dorit burns me and I will tell you she was such a flop this season more somehow more than Cherie, who for me was like, thanks for coming. Here's your like gift, your party right. gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dorit had a break in at the beginning of the season, and nothing that went nowhere. And which you know, I'm not trying well, to like. I think she was traumatized. Well, but I'm saying I don't. I don't need to like mine her drama. But like, they but, didn't even find the criminals in time for the finale how dare they a complete disappointment no no no. but well then how then then let's not put a thousand <laughs> hours no, no no but listen let's not put a thousand hours of like camera footage of them breaking in like you're going to be delivering something like a journey for her i don't have to see them arrested i don't have to see her healed i don't have to see her crying tears but it's like she shows up the next day she has these things to say and but she's nothing else there's nothing. What else did she have? Not only was that, I mean, that's just a minor reason why I think she was a flop. She was handed something that went nowhere. Okay, fine. And I'm being insensitive and that's fine. I'll take I it. I mean, I'm giving, if the, I'm getting the, the insensitive look. Me giving face. I, I mean, if only she had been burgled more successfully or. No, I'm saying, I'm saying the way the show built it up, she was given, correct me if I'm wrong, say it in the comments. Wasn't she given like center diamond as if she was going to have some presence this season? I'm saying if you're going to have something traumatic happen, whatever it is, I'm not saying that it needs to be like, let's have her completely like drag through broken glass so that we can really like explore all of her pain. But like for someone who that had happened to at the beginning of the season, 
she was a ghost. Like, I didn't see her do anything. And when she did do anything, she killed drama at two amazing points. She did that twice. Once was when Erica was having her whole, like, sort of drunken thing. And, and then Dorit's like, let's get her out of here. We had to get her out of here. And then the other time was this when she, cause she goes, Kyle, you shouldn't have said that. Like, if you're going to contribute nothing, that's one thing. But if you're going to then also diffuse shit when it's getting good... Dorit is gets a demerit for me this season. Well, I mean, with the Kyle thing, I think that demerit. was a contribution. I think the contribution was her clearly stating the alliance is more important than holding someone to account. That was to me very. Uh, I appreciate her blocking saying it. I was story. Like, That's what I saw. I thought this no, could keep James, going and be was fabulous. A part of story it, it was it, she wasn't saying stop it had already been done she was saying you shouldn't have done it it was so important to me to hear her say it because it was so clearly about a strategic alliance I'm so thankful she said it and it was included because to to me it was a little bit of a gift to those of us who complain about the Fox Force because it was the perfect example of it you don't have to agree with someone's behavior. I would. I. I agree that it was a contribution, though. I think that though, what is she contributing? We already know that they cover each other's asses. So her saying we cover each other's asses is not like a what a peek behind the curtain. James knowing it and having evidence, which uh-huh. is another part of the finale, to me are two very different things. We can agree that the Fox Force is annoying and and tired and has held the majority in numbers for too long. It is another thing entirely to have someone say you shouldn't have done this, clearly saying you shouldn't have essentially clearly implying you shouldn't have done this because it didn't go well for Erica and Rinna. However, unless I watch a different scene, she didn't say you shouldn't have done this sitting back and letting it continue. It seemed like to me she was expediting the end of this moment and cock blocking drama. It was already over. There was no more cock to block. It was it was done. The ending had been happy for those of us in terms of knowing that Erica was lying, that Kyle actually said the name, which I didn't think was going to happen. I was like, are they just not going to say who it was? Kyle saying it, making allowing Rinna and Erica to perform bad, allowing them to reveal themselves as bad, which Dorit understood was bad for business. Which I will just say, I understand what you're saying. I have a season-long beef with someone who not only contributes nothing, but kills, for me, this is just my take, killed two moments of drama right as it was getting good. That's all I'm saying. And so, I, I, Dorit, I, 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 I hope you got a good check. Well, then I think you're going to hate the after show if you watch it because she's paired with Erica and parrots and defends and celebrates everything that Erica does this season. I know a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I've seen little moment. I didn't, I don't watch it because for some reason I've, I have no idea how to, which is weird because you it's think I could YouTube. just be like, Bravo TVs. wow, that it's seems Bravo TVs so channel. easy to get to. <laughs> I guess, I guess I, I guess I don't need to see obvious pairings like Dorit and Erica and Sutton and Garcelle and like, I'm just kind of like, and then Diana somewhere floating and actually she never even gets a chance right like she doesn't is she given after show yeah exactly um (laughs) i'm just not not into dorit however we can that's she's uh, we can get back to the meat of it which was kyle actually dropping the name of the publicist question for you Mm -hmm. how does erica afford a publicist number one they are not cheap 
They can be. Nikki Hilton's publicist is not cheap. Nikki Hilton's publicist who worked with like many, many housewives also rands, which which God bless every housewife needs a publicist. And it seems like it seems like they all share the same five. So Uh like if that's your everybody's got, you know, doctors have a specialty and so do publicists. So like if he's worked with Taylor, he's worked with Kim Zolciak, he's Mm -hmm. worked with I forget who else just a lot of people and and now Erica Jane I think her glam is probably more expensive than her PR's retainer but I don't know I don't know I think it it was probably all very pricey those billable hours probably added up to a whole lot more when she had more money to give I don't know what the deal is like now but I just know that you and I met with a publicist via a publicist who that's how I wound up and if she's getting some deal then I was bilked because that shit is not I don't know what your what your threshold is for publicists but mine wasn't cheap and no and, and you know to have I just wonder how she has one number one I I don't know. Maybe she's really that's why she's appealing the diamond earring because she has a Venmo she needs to send. I don't. And everything I, is I, for I, legal reasons. Everything is for legal <laughs> reasons. For, don't it's question it's for legal reasons. reasons. When I said that I was only suing to get this, you know, finalized by the court, and the court gave their decision, and you know what? It turns out that I disagreed with that. So for legal reasons, I'm going to appeal this forever because I support the maybe three people who I would consider true victims, myself being one of them. So that leaves two slots available, possibly to share a third of a carrot from that diamond earring. But I am not, I am unfortunately not allowed to give it because um, I would like to uh, keep it as my own. But but also just for legal reasons. Don't question what's reasons. going on. You, you don't understand the litany of loopholes and court statements and document. Like, listen, legal reasons. I mean, you know, Shannon Bedore is in my top five for legal reasons. And the legal reason is I stand for Sham. And that <laughs> the is my reason is you said it. That's I don't need that is the strongest defense, no matter what she does. The strongest defense that I can make as a defender and sometimes prosecutor of people who come for her as well is to just say she's number one. Um yeah, it's a it, it, it. Why were we even talking about this? What were we were we talking say? about Asher's ruby red slippers. No, we, we were not <laughs> talking about Asher's ruby red. They we were weren't. fabulous. The uh-huh. least we talk about Asher and Diana, the better everyone is. Um, <laughs> but I, not like there's really even anything to discuss, which just shows you how valuable the fact that I talked about this on a page. I did a Patreon live reaction to the um, Beverly Hills reunion trailer, uh-huh. which a nearly hour long episode which was truly only about the reunion trailer and a reveal that I want to get your thoughts on that I posted on Instagram prior but um the fact that Bravo put out those fakakta screenshots of people's outfits and none of Terrible. us truly truly remember that Diana wasn't even like not even like sitting down in a chair wasn't included none of us noticed that she was gone tells you everything you need to know about Diana's influence on the show did you see the watch what happens live with Sutton and Jennifer Tilly I did I watched that live yeah yeah I remember you're saying experience well but did you when they put up like which housewife and then from the reunion and they put the one up of Diana and she's like in a like a screen like off to the (laughs) side (laughs) which I was 
very into um and god who even knows um but you know there was a moment when it come there is this conversation in this narrative about um the amount of power that Kathy Hilton has wielded behind the scenes uh which Rena and Erica used to defend their own innocence in saying well listen what are these stories that you're even saying were leaked because I didn't see anything published and let's put attention back on Kathy Hilton because no matter who did this stuff that may have protected us but is really about Kathy doing bad we need to talk about why they weren't up and what that says about Kathy's character is a fascinating focus considering the fact that I watch the Beverly Hills finale live in these United States on the East Coast where I live. Watched it live, thought spectacular. Did my merry thing the next day. Got a haircut and a color, which by the way, you have not yet acknowledged, James LaRosa. So we're gonna have a little conversation on Patreon about that. Wow, your your Bob is absurd. Wait, what is Thank what you. does Adam Levine say about that girl's body? I, was it absurd? Or, I don't know. Remember, oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't give a shit about it. I, I was trying to make one of those references, like, care. am I, I caught up it. to the meme? Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're young. We're young. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I'm just minding my own business, living my best life. Get a message from an international AG. Let, shout out to all the AGs all over the world who says, did you see this video? And a creator on TikTok had posted a moment that was shown on international version on the international episodes of the BH finale that was aired, but was not shown on the live East Coast at least episode, which was during the moment that Kyle says it's your publicist and Erica says show me the receipts or whatever she does I need proof. The scene cuts to a moment a little bit of a flashback from Rinna and Dorit's conversation about Kathy's poor behavior that pans to Erica's publicist who's watching with her team her assistant and Mikey and the publicist the publicist's name and title are credited they're watching he's on his phone typing they're talking which we can hear about how good it is that Rinna and Dorit are talking about Kathy's poor behavior and it is used by the editors as a mic drop. If we want to consider the finale of Valentine's episode, this was the big fucking heart because it goes from Erica saying, give me the proof to what the editors want us to believe is the proof, which is then supported by the rest of the scene, which we did see, I think everybody <laughs> everywhere, uh, where uh, where uh, Kyle says to Erica, well, the leaks came directly from your hair party. It was X, Y, and Z. It all seemed to come, I think it was the hair party, whatever uh, soiree it was, it all seemed to come from this moment. It was all very detailed. How would they know? And that was also the same party that this moment was used. So I get this DM, shout out to International AG Dan, who sent this to me. I was in a hair salon. They were talking about purple shampoo. I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I immediately post it as a reel to social and get flooded with people from all over the world commenting because it turns out, and this is like all subject to change because this just happened yesterday, 
people on the East Coast Live, myself included, did not see that mic drop moment happen. I want to get your thoughts on West Coast people, but I did hear from international AGs and and people commenting who are spiritual AGs, I guess, who said, um, we did see that moment. And then it turns out that the people seeing next day episodes who watched it Thursday morning instead of Wednesday night in the U.S. also saw that moment, except that today, Friday, I have heard from <laughs> international AGs who said, we saw the original cut with that missing piece when it happened and it's gone now people in scotland people in canada people in um london saying we saw that moment that you guys didn't get to see but you can't see it anymore it got edited out of um hey you i think is how you pronounce it and one ag just messaged me before we recorded and said i had watched the episode before and now it says that i haven't seen it because they replaced the file, which is so fascinating to me. Guys, you can go on my social at Dame Galley to see this moment, which has galvanized a lot of us, because if we're going to talk about Kathy's power and influence behind the scenes, well, got to tell you this moment that was mysterious, the conspiracy theory of the ages, this moment did not protect Kathy Hilton. It seemed Something happened behind the scenes that showed somebody's influence, but it wasn't Kathy's. And I want to know, you watch live, you watched from California. Did you see that moment included in the live episode? Have you checked and is it available to you? Because when I rewatched Peacock today, still gone. Uh, so if people yeah. saw it on Peacock the next day, they should check again because I'm we're recording this Friday night. It's gone from, I just rewatched the full episode. That moment is not there. So I might be able to shed some light, which might Please. be how I can make up for screwing up the audio earlier. This might be my moment. <laughs> this is the gift. To, this is the present for 350. Well, so because I work in TV, although in scripted, I know how sort of distro. So reality is perfect for you. Yeah. We, so I know how the distribution of episodes work. And so uh, basically your post production will finish an episode. It'll be uh sort of sweet all all the cuts everything's smooth it gets down to time what have you it is then uh given to the network and then uh in the case of my show we had domestic and international so they okay. would send the episodes to international and then they would have the domestic in our case it was slightly different because we would use music that we could kind of only use in america because we'd pay a certain amount to be able to use for instance, like Beyonce, but we wouldn't pay for international. So international would get like mm -hmm. some substitute song or something. Basically, the person who is either in trouble is someone who works in Bravo, who does the distribution to the other uh, territories because the show production, post-production would have gotten the episodes. And depending on time, sometimes if you're up against the wire, you get an episode in late, what have you. Basically, Bravo sent the episode out and then clearly it had to be cut out for whatever reason. And then they did it and someone was not on the ball and went, oh shit, we didn't do this with International. So International went out with it. That's when they will pull back an episode, cut it out. And that's why whoever is watching it now is saying, it says I didn't watch it because they erased the file and replaced it with the new cut. So I would say either 
that scene was never... I mean, I would hate to say that scene was never meant to be there because it is pretty juicy. It's a so, moment from right. the scene. It's not the whole scene. No. It is a moment. Yeah. Because well, sometimes when you... Sometimes there's a difference in cut simply because of time. Like, okay, we know problem. we have this episode. It's an hour-long slot and for, for a broadcast. And we know that we have, you know, 21 minutes of commercial. So this has to be with end titles this many minutes. However, that was such a brief moment and I don't think you're gaining any time and it was important so I believe it was cut out for and like I don't know to whose uh whether it's I don't want to say who's to, to whose benefit because that's pretty obvious but I would say who uh mandated or whatever but it was clearly a choice I don't know if it was a uh, a, a legal letter I don't know if either like somebody in that scene didn't sign a waiver to be on television and they caught it too late I don't know. Obviously, if you're showing up at a filming, they tell you we're filming here. So if you're caught on camera, uh, on camera, they were their audio was picked up awfully well. For I understand that they were on boom, but and that they needed subtitle. But how gigantic were those booms over Lisa and Dorit to pick up the audio of those other people? Um, But clearly, that was cut out for a reason. And whoever is in trouble for it works at Bravo. It's not, I don't think that they themselves were talking not, I mean, it is possible. We've seen that moment like on New York when Carol's talking to Barbara Kay before Barbara Kay was the Barbara Kay, you know, that she became. Like when it was just a person, a friend of uh, Lou saying, I can't believe she's still getting married to Tom. I think she's doing it, you know, because she feels like she doesn't have a choice or doesn't want to feel like she's been proven wrong or whatever. And there was that moment where, of course, you know, Carol has her mic on. Exactly. Who knows, with Barbara Kay, but they were at a filmed event, had signed uh, mm-hmm. yep. whatever approval release they needed to sign. Yep. I think Barbara Kay actually threatened to, I think that there might have been some sort of like litigious moment before the episode aired, but it, I, I guess, I guess it got resolved and then she became a friend of, I don't remember a lot of information on that, but there have been moments, obviously Lisa Barlow on Salt Lake, where there's a conversation around like, did she know she was miked? She was with the producer, you know, like, was she, she seemingly was not aware that this moment, or she felt that there was some sort of good faith, um, that she had with the producer that this was just her venting LOL off camera, which obviously was not the case because they used the, they used that as the framework of so much. Um, But with this moment, it's like, you wouldn't think that, I mean, obviously they're just kind of chattering to themselves. You wouldn't think that would be a big reveal, except that of course it was because People were typing. People were talking. Turns out this is exactly the event that Kyle is discussing. Right. And it taps into what Kyle was saying, which was that Erica's publicist did this. It it counters the idea that because Nikki Hilton, which I do not understand, is represented by the same person, that he wouldn't act in the best interest of his other client. I mean, Nikki Hilton may be his client, but Kathy Hilton is not. So that's a side conversation between Nikki and her representation or Nikki and her PR on that. But with this other stuff, it is a wild cut. Well, and it does yeah. appear to be some sort of fuck up. And well, I wonder actually if the publicist himself, if there was something going on there, 
because he's basically being shown on camera implying that he's done some sort of act which could be bad. And I'm wondering if he somehow swooped in and be like, you know, not on my watch, honey. I don't know. But basically, yes, he's Nikki's uh, publicist. And yes, he's on Erica's team. Publicists are not going to do a fucking thing. And they wouldn't say anything unless, I mean, I'm not going to make it again, no generalizations, but I would look, why would someone do something without checking with your client? Also, yeah, sidebar, leaking stories to blogs is he's he didn't create this. It is something that all of these people have done, which is why it is so astounding that they're denying it. These truth seekers, we need to reveal what happened with Kathy, except we don't really care, but let's talk about it forever. But look at what they did to Lisa Vanderpump with Raider Online. Is there a world in which this is going to sound crazy? And I'm not saying this Great. is even 5% of what happened, but this is where my brain goes. If I'm Nikki's publicist and suddenly if Kathy were in a bunch of trouble, then possibly would I be called in to help like to help help with things? Like would I be basically paid to help clean up the mess that I sneakily caused? I don't know. I think it's a it goes into a question of like I am surprised that he is Nikki's is and or was. I'd be curious <laughs> about the status yeah. at this point. That's but- a past tense. I mean, it's this moment being included was not good for his business. And right. I don't mean that's because he did anything shocking. It's just the fact that, like, it's so um, uh, it, it is such a mess because these women are lying. That That is what makes it such a crime in the eyes of the audience, not a literal one. But it is the fact that these women were fully satiated dragging Lisa Vanderpump for leaking things, allegedly for Uh arguing that Lisa Lisa leaked things to Radar Online when they're doing the same and saying that they're not. It's the the fact that they're saying that they're not, saying that what would they have to benefit? It's the fact that they're, right, they're not owning it. That's what people are latching onto as well as the fact that they obviously, most obviously benefit by, by this being taken out. But I would think Paris Hilton's publicist is at a much different level of support. I don't know that this person would be the one that Kathy called in if she needed something, but I also right. don't know who who represents her. And obviously she has a team, so I don't know um, if she has PR on her side or not, but I would think this is a very awkward moment because of the fact that Nikki, I guess, is and or was a client of his. But the whole, I mean, it's like that he's not going to do something that does not benefit the client involved. And my guess is from like dealings that I've had over the course of many years with different representatives and publicists relating to different things. They usually send you clips when they get them because it's an example of here's a winky and here's the fact that I'm doing my job. So like when a G has been featured on stuff, I get some sort of something and I don't have a PR team, but like from comms people, yada, yada, like, I and working and doing event stuff and other forms of strategy. It is the way to show that you are doing your job by saying, like, here are the clips that feature you. Do you think that Erica Jane, obviously they're aware of the press because they're talking about the fact that the pieces that were leaked were not necessarily published which they're very focused on. How would they know what information has been leaked and what stories 
haven't been released if they didn't know that somebody was leaking something. And also, he's if you're a, a press person, you're gonna send when X Y Z happens because it shows you're doing your job. Well, two things. One. They know because, as Lisa said, she's been getting a lot of questions about what yeah, happened. Kyle's like, uh, I've got none. By the way, Kyle doesn't have a publicist. I'm kind of impressed by that. Kyle anyway, has a publicist. She said she doesn't. In that episode, well, she's like, I don't have listen, a publicist, but. It's like when Angelina <clears throat> Jolie says that she doesn't have a, a publicist, she has attorneys or she doesn't have a manager, whatever it is. And when Blake Lively says she doesn't have a stylist, you have other people doing that. You were having an assistant or something pull stuff. I'm not saying like she shouldn't be given credit for making creative decisions, but you still have a team. So you might not have this one thing and that can add interest to people that, oh my God, someone's negotiating stuff entirely on their own and they're not having, you still have resources and help. So, and also like Rinna's has a huge publicist. So like Kyle, I know I've had interactions with Kyle's PR. So I oh, have you? <laughs> well, now that's, it's a 350 exclusive. So. No, I think it's, it was her, it was someone who was very lovely. I forget if it was a publicist or manager, but there was someone who was uh, really lovely, very communicative, very professional, um, as, as, as these people are, you know, overall, universally. Um, and so I don't know what that, maybe at that point she didn't have one. That's possible. But. Okay. But I was basically using that as a, as sort of a glib way of saying Lisa pretending like she's been asked so many questions. So she's been able to fill in all the, 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 the connect all the dots and know that there were mm. things that were being hidden. Uh, yeah. I, sorry. As soon as you mentioned uh, Kyle's publicist, I just started looking behind you in your clothes wondering if any of those items were <laughs> Kyle's. <laughs> I do have a Kyle by Shahida. They sent me a um. Ensemble. Is it behind you? Is it, it is one not, of those? It oh, is okay. Not. It is in my boudoir. Uh -huh. I need to find it. There is a scarf and another item that I love. That was this was a while ago. Um, uh, yeah, I don't couldn't tell you. Well, couldn't so but you. just as far as the mystery of the missing uh, scene. Clearly, it was, I think it was excised for legal, or, or... I don't know that it was legal reasons. I don't think it was legal reasons. I think it was what? creative pushback. Uh, could be. Maybe that creative pushback was via a lawyer. But the, the other thing I was thinking was they just want their episodes to be consistent, that the ones on Hey You are exactly the ones that you'd get on Peacock or exactly the one that you'd watch on Bravo. So I wonder if they had just already made that cut, although that's a weird scene to be like, we decided we didn't want it, so now we're going to pull all of the ones from International and put that up. Yeah, so there was some sort of pushback for sure. Yeah, it's not like a, it's not like the Birkin bag scene, which I actually also loved, and I don't even mean actually as in like that's surprising. Of course, I fucking deeply enjoyed it, and then yeah. running and Kyle running in, I thought it was hilarious. Um, I missed that part of Beverly Hills, but no, it was like it was literally edited as a smoking gun. So yeah. I guess yeah, that yeah, gun yeah, yeah, was yeah. a little too hot for somebody and again couldn't have been Kathy because it only helps her in showing other people are bad so so what I'm getting the inference from you is that the person who had that removed was Erica is that not what I'm getting or, or are you suggesting I don't know else? that it was Erica I, I I don't know in I, I don't know but it would look like somebody had a real problem 
with that smoking gun their, being their used, publicist which, being on television <laughs> i mean but then it goes into it, it, you can't I, I try to argue with myself in saying like oh well maybe it's because it's like revealed at the reunion but that doesn't make any sense which then leads me to my question which is which version did the cast see if they got a screener before the reunion and we have no idea if they've seen every episode or rumors online and speculation that's not sourced by anyone. So who knows? Yeah. Um, but if they received a finale episode to watch prior to taping the reunion, which episode did they see? That depends on, because normally my instinct is to say that they saw the broadcast one because that's Which the broadcast fin- one? Well, the broadcast meaning with the American one. But there uh, are two different American ones. I was told that the East Coast version live, which I saw, didn't include that reveal. Right. Did you say that? No. that I never saw that it? scene. No, I did not. Oh, I heard from somebody in California or multiple people who said that they saw it on their live version west coast maybe they meant that they saw it the next day i don't I, know well okay. no, I, I mean unless i'm I mean, I, we did discuss memory but unless i'm yeah, crazy amen. i i watched it live and i didn't see it okay that's interesting okay um, so all of all of the country then um but i but but they filmed the reunion earlier and maybe that was still in the cut and maybe the put maybe seeing that is what spurred it being removed when they were given those episodes i'm not sure do you know what I'm that saying? Happened well, well before this episode being that. Oh, okay. They so wa- they were spurred. given those episodes when they filmed the reunion, which was however long ago. So maybe yeah. they saw that and said, and they, that's where they got their sneak peek. And someone fucked it up by not doing a full change of the edit for yeah, the international, weird. possibly. Right. I mean, it's it is possible. It's it has been again taken out by people who had access to it before. Do I think that? we're going to get an answer on this. I, I don't, I don't yeah. know that why they would be, would be honest, but I do think this is sort of, um, apropos related sort of not, but I will say when I saw the seating at the reunion, I thought that makes no sense whatsoever. And now it makes complete mm. sense. Remember when I you're for- like, why is Lisa on one side and Kyle's on the other when clearly oh. the drama is between these other people? Clearly, we didn't know the drama was going to be Kyle and Lisa and that whole thing was going to blow up. Yeah. And that leads us into the reunion itself, because I wonder how much anger Kyle is interested in owning and even having toward Rinna and Erica for not listening to her and respecting their friendship when Kyle says she wants them to let it go. Uh, here's what I think is going to happen. And this isn't based on a hunch. This is just based on what I've seen. Okay. Uh, what I've seen is a, a bit of a lack of online chumminess with Kyle and Lisa, um, mm. which I expect more of Kyle and, and Erica. I just haven't seen that as much mm-hmm. in the last bit once these episodes have started to air. Mm-hmm. I also saw... You know, Andy with the tease of like allegiances shifting and, and, and things like that. And then there was something that was said about blood being thicker than water. I have a feeling that uh, it. It, lend, it, it, it ends. I mean, we saw in the reunion trailer where it's just like there was no hug and can we just go? Um, I would imagine that has to do with it not being resolved with Lisa. 
and Erica. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so I would think that. But then it also said that in the reunion final moments that Kyle has only spoken to Kathy very few times since that since that all went down. Mm-hmm. So it just seems like it's a mess all around. But I do. I came into this going, yay, it's the end of the Fox Wars five. And I wasn't sort of hoping for it. I think it really there is a like a legit shift. Could they get over it? Whatever, whatever. But I do think that Kyle always knew that Lisa was pretty like like sort of cutthroat on the show but thought okay we're friends we can contain it but i think she was seeing that lisa was willing to bully i don't want to use the bully word but was willing to run over her a bit um with the kathy thing so yeah it is also a wild dynamic because it feels like Rinna has decided to process Kyle's hurt and anger on her behalf. And so we're never actually really watching that. We're getting we're getting it in confessionals, in Kyle's reaction and in the scene with Kathy, sort of. But it feels like what Rinna is doing is actually not only like not listening to her friend and not being great, but also taking Kyle's moment and taking Kyle's time. Like if you are Kyle thinking about this, it's been exhausted because of Rinna and Erica's behavior on and off camera. So Kyle's not even being allowed to process it internally and discuss that. And also through the lens of her role on the show, an important one, arguably, regardless of how you feel about her, which is also interesting. It adds a level of stress because like on this reunion, it's obviously going to be very upsetting, I'm sure, for Kyle and Kathy. And, you know, we saw in this in the trailer that Kyle wants to leave. She doesn't want to do the final toast. She's overcome and overwhelmed. And it just kind of, you know, it it to me gets into layers that surely wouldn't be discussed on the reunion, even though it would be fascinating if they were. But it might be too inside baseball of like when it comes to who's done harm here through the lens of like Kyle um there is something to be said for Rinna's behavior precluding Kyle from processing and having her own conversation and her own narrative about this Rinna has stolen the spotlight in that way which Kyle can say is great because Kyle doesn't have to do it, but I don't think that's how she actually feels. Well, two things. One, originally Lisa was, you know, d- taking on Kyle's feelings and fighting her fight, whatever, when she's like, your sister is a beautiful soul. How could you say that? Not whatever. But then eventually it just became Lisa. I had to lock myself in my room and mm-hmm. I was traumatized. So she kind of, once she realized she was getting no gasoline out of the whole, I'm feeling Kyle's pain, then it became Lisa and her pain. As far as Kyle being robbed of the moment, I kind of feel like she really was asking for that. As soon as as soon as Lisa sat in on that conversation between the two of them, it was sort of like, and now I'm going to hand the baton over to you and mm. and you're going to be my avatar and go crazy. And Avatar decided, you know what, this is my storyline now. So yes, Kyle was pushed out, but I feel like she like let the vampire into her home. I mean, where is the garlic? Where is the stake? Um, but so now, again, I feel like I'm doing what Dorit does in cock-blocking a great moment to bring up something else. And this is about Dorit. 
But did you see in the reunion how quick she lost that fucking accent as soon as Eric was like, I remember I was out in the street once and your husband was like, do you do porn? It was PK. And Dorit's like, well, I didn't know anything about that. I'm like, wait, where's your, where's your <laughs> accent? Where's your, your, where's your European accent? Where'd it go? Maybe she, you know, she, maybe she graduated from the Alaria Baldwin School of Cucumbers and whatever else. Could you imagine, though, if I said to you after years of friendship, I mean, quote unquote years and quote your unquote husband thought friendship, I, was a prostitute? Yeah. I met your husband before and clearly he was like being salacious with me and, and like suggestive and whatever. Listen, not to defend Erica, but I wonder if she's sharing that now because a friend brought it to her attention and she didn't realize it was PK before. Maybe it was like a random moment and she didn't recognize the guy and it only recently came to her attention. It came to her attention as Andy was like, okay, we're going in five, what happened with PK? Okay. Yeah, that is interesting. Listen, the Fox Force turns out maybe that alliance is breaking down a little bit and I love to see it. Listen, we this is a 900 hour episode as it Yay. should be. We haven't not once mentioned Salt Lake City. So I am going to beg you to pivot to Patreon. We're going to go. <laughs> you're giving me a face. We're going. We're doing it right now, James. It's happening. Do, do I have to give you audio or can we just be in silence? Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do an eye <laughs> stare, like a like much like the moment of Zen we saw in Salt Lake slash Arizona. I'm just through the screen, gonna put my hands in your hair and have uh. you lay down and just feel it. And what are you? What are you leaving? What are you letting go? What are you calling in? Listen, we're gonna pivot to Patreon, where guys, you can li also listen to the one-hour episode with my live reaction to the trailer and more discussion and thoughts on Kathy's performance and the strategy surely behind that, as well as the deleted moment and all of that reveal. But I do actually have a Salt Lake City related question, and feel free to answer this. However you want, ideally through the lens of housewives or Andy's girls, what are you letting go of and what are you calling in? Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. I Do feel you like, like that that sounds like so important, but I literally just thought of it. I no, but it's but it. I feel like Dorit in the moment where I like lose my accent and I'm like, oh, this yeah. is a real thing. I have to what am I letting go of right now? What am I letting in? What are you what are you letting go of and what are you calling it? It can be life related or it could be, you know, housewives related or oh God. whatever. Or AG, even though that probably doesn't make sense. Let's see. I'm letting go of my guilt of fucking up the audio at the beginning of this episode and I'm letting mm. in I'm forgiving myself for my nonstop hatred of a particular housewife. And I'm gonna let that just be okay. Okay, so you're letting go of audio stuff that truly is neither here nor there, and you're mm -hmm. calling in letting go of something? I'm calling in forgiveness Okay, of, for, for all the negative feelings I feel about a particular housewife, who perhaps next time I'm on, you'll introduce as my favorite again. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, I love that. And I can't think of literally anything, so I'm going to say- You're letting I'm go of some of your hair. I'm letting go of some of my hair, which you literally did not acknowledge, but looks. I totally great. sent you an emoji of an eggplant. Uh-huh. No, you didn't. You absolutely did not. Um, I am calling in the energy of Potomac, which premieres this weekend. And I couldn't be more excited and slightly trepidatious, but mostly very excited to see 
what is going to happen with this season. Listen, I'm so thankful and grateful for what happened with this app. James LaRosa, tell the folks what you got cooking, where the AGs can follow you, support you, slide into your DMs. Tell them all. I didn't say mention it all. Tell them whatever. So you could find me at, at James LaRosa, uh, wherever. As far as what I'm working on, I will say this. I, this. I have the same intro and the same outro every episode, which is things I can't talk about, which really just sounds like <laughs> I'm in like Diana's book somewhere. Like I just have like some <laughs> secret life, but hopefully, hopefully. I'm your I Andrew s- Morton. This uh, is, yeah. yeah. Hope, hopefully Andrew. something I can, I can uh, actually, yes. my, the thrill of my business is. I'm either uh, negotiating something that could fall apart any minute and often does, or uh, I can't announce it. Someone else has to announce it or blah, blah, blah. So ultimately, it just seems like I'm on a permanent vacation around Europe. And, mm. um, and you know, worse images to have, I suppose. Love that. Did you say your Instagram handle? I did, but I'll say it again. It's at James LaRosa. Perfect. Uh, and uh, there you go. Amazing. Huzzah. Guys, you can follow... <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you can follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. Again, those Patreon bonus episodes are the number one way to support AG, support the pod. And listen, you get to listen to much more AG content, including the Salt Lake City deep dive that we are about to record that James is so excited about. Woo-hoo! But I do have some questions for you. Oh, about I have answers. I have Lisa answers. and Meredith and Jen Shaw versus herself that I want to get your reality. thoughts on. <laughs> versus, I mean, and much else. Um, Patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. And uh, listen, BravoCon is soon upon us. What a crazy fucking week next week is going to be. People keep reminding me it's a week away. I'm like, oh, my God. So, guys, let me know if you are going to BravoCon. If you are, please, and you spot me in the wild, come say hi. Would love to meet as many AGs as I possibly can. Um, And I look forward to that. And I look forward to many more episodes. Tell me. I have a question for you. Do they have time to order a T-shirt to get it in time for BravoCon? Or... If they see you at BravoCon, can they say, I want a t-shirt, can I give you my name, and then they can buy a t-shirt that way? I mean, you're not going to be selling them out of your trunk like Angeline, but like possibly... What t-shirts? To... I'm wearing one. I just gave you no, full... No, so that was a limit. <laughs> oh, you said was there was limited... merch. No, there is merch, which is separate from the friends and family t-shirt that was designed okay. by if someone else. Okay, if someone wants merch, they should say, oh my God, I love you. I love listening to you. Can I give you money and you give me an item in the future? Yeah, if you want to try to expedite age merch, I literally don't even know if that's possible. I'm so good at merch. You can go to my Instagram and get the uh, link there to the AG store and get yourself a sassy little shirt or whatever else has got cooking. <laughs> I feel sexy in it. That's my my sales pitch. If you want to feel it is sexy. It's a great little tea. It's a great little it's a great little tea. All right guys, uh let us know your thoughts and feels and we're going to pivot on over to Patreon and we will chat with y'all soon, okay? Happy 350. Woo. Goodbye. <laughs>